Good morning, Eastern Oregon, and welcome to this June 6th version of AM Live on EOA, your connection to Eastern Oregon. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Be sure and check us out on Roku. Yep. Yep. Roku. How are you, man? First Monday? No, second Monday. <laughs> today? Yeah, it's second Monday. Oh. Yeah. Rough. So we've Rough. we've we've talked we've talked about having this show more often during the week, but Tuesdays and Thursdays are like two days a week is about all that Kyle can muster getting up. Muster, early. yeah. Yep. So I mean, we could do it more. We could do it more often, and we could make like a noon version of it. Yeah, that would work. So hey, if you have an opinion, we we always want input. If it's directed towards the morning, I don't care. Yeah, about your but I mean, but but <laughs> but basically about all of our programming. If you have, you know, if you we don't we don't really hear whether people really enjoy stuff or not. We just, I mean, we see them watch and we hear their reactions and stuff. And so we always take input. That always helps us a ton. So, well, you want to do sports? Let's do it. All right, here we go. AM Sports Report brought to you by Northwest Furniture and Mattress. Big red rocking chair on Elm off Adams and Grand. Go see the Daggett family. They have a great selection of American-made furniture. Great family supports a lot of different things in this community. And like I talk about the circle, you support them. They help support me, get you sports information, and that's how it works. Northwest Furniture and Mattress right here in LeGrand. Um, we'll talk about uh, Special District 6 All-League softball teams real quick. Um, first team utility. So this is the all conference for one, a two, a, that would be like union, you know, and Embler mainly, okay. um, first team utility, Amanda lawyer from union, second team infield, Megan Winterton from union, second team outfield, Josie Patton from union, second team utility, Kyria council from Embler, honorable mention infield, Isabel Martin from Embler and honorable mention infield, Jamie Gonzalez from union. So cool. that's the smaller schools. And then I have the softball GOL, the LeGrand girls that made uh, all league. I don't, however, have the boys. So I'll do the girls today. First team catcher, Marty Anderson. Infielder, Madison Sievert. Outfield, Carly Jensen. And utility, Carly Strand. That's first team all conference. Second team all con conference, pitcher, Austin Muser. Infield, Bell Near. Infield, Janessa Porras. And utility, Jocelyn Hafer. And it's weird because... They gave utility to Carly Strand, and she was the best pitcher in the league. Like, I don't understand how they how this happens. Like, she was probably the best pitcher in the league, and yeah. she gets utility and not pitcher. And I mean, last year, yeah, she I think she was utility last year too, but this year she pretty much dominated in the circle. She was she beat Pendleton, you know what I mean? Who mm -hmm. ended up, you know, it, it, I I don't get it. But anyways, that's really all I have for sports. I mean, we have. East West Shrine coming up in two and a, or a month and a half now, a month and a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh. And I'm sorry for my ignorance, but do they have the state playoffs? And yeah, who, we're, it's all. And who won? I Who did? Nobody from here. Nobody from here. Yeah, nobody from here. <laughs> Pendleton lost in the baseball championship and then uh, in, in both the baseball and the softball championship, actually. Wow. LeGrand lost in the quarters in right. softball and the semis in baseball. Right. They lost to uh, to um, Pendleton in softball, and they lost to Gladstone in baseball. So, or no, Scapoose. But we didn't. Scapoose. We didn't even have an Eastern Oregon champion. 
you know. Well, I mean, Pendleton. Pendleton well, was in the in the championship. Right, but I mean, they. No. No, yeah, I, I think Weston McCune. And you and you, I mean, and you really kind of felt like it. It was really between Pendleton and Lacran. Uh, they were both really good yeah. teams. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't win at the right time. Pendleton was up. Lagrand was up in, in the semis. Yeah, and they just couldn't get it done. Wow. The softball team got beat pretty good in the. In yeah. The, by a team though that they had beat two times. I mean, they lost to Pendleton. They had beat them two times in the regular season, but yeah. So sports for this year are over. There's nothing EOU wise for until September. Wow. Or August, yeah. So we got Shrine Game and just kind of yeah, Legion, Legion baseball, All Stars stuff like that, normal summertime stuff. All righty. That. Thank you. So. Um, just want to mention uh, that we appreciate uh, Grand Ron Hospital Therapy and Sports Medicine uh, supporting the show. Uh, I still am in therapy with my knee, doing really well. Um, and now I'm kind of trying working. I'll have I'll have one more of those reports on how that's doing and stuff. But we appreciate Grand Ron Hospital and Sports Medicine and Greg Dombeck for helping me with that. So let's take a look outside. It's beautiful today. Yeah, it's already warm, huh? Yeah, it's warm. Here's the, the weather graphic here. Ooh, 86 today? 86, yeah. That's and then warm. it looks like it's going to be warm uh, tomorrow and Thursday, too. So I'm good with it. Yeah. I know you like you like the warmth. I like it better when it cools off at night, though. I don't like it warm at night. Yeah. It's hard. I yeah. It's hard to hard to get sleep at night. Yeah, just crank the AC up. So, um, Eastern Oregon Livestock Show is this week. Um, last week I did an interview with Scotty Baker, and that interview is up. Be sure and check that out. Scotty Baker is the founder of Eagle Carriage and Machine here in Lagrand, and uh, just a he's ninety two. It's always fun in, you know, when you're interviewing someone who has so much experience in life and, you know, he's just as sharp as a tack. I tell you, he could, he could remember the dates and all of that stuff, you know, uh, just very well. And so it was really fascinating interview. Be sure and check that out. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, Chief Gary Bell is with us this morning and he'll be with us We'll be right back. He'll be with us. All right, we're back with uh, Chief Gary Bell, uh, LeGrand Police Chief, and hey, it's good to have you with us. 
nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Doing well. Yeah. Everything's good. Department's good. Family's good. Good. Awesome. Yeah. And you, I think you, you told me you just spent some time a week with your grandkid, right? We don't have enough time for me to talk to you about my grandson. <laughs> well, uh, we should start there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have my wife and I have, uh, I mean, as you can see, it makes me glow. You yeah. Know, when you want to talk about family. Right. Um, but, uh, so yeah, our, our daughter and son-in-law, uh, have a two-year-old. He was two in February and that's our, our one and only grandchild so far. And, uh, we, we couldn't be happier. Uh, so we went over uh, a week ago yesterday, visited with them for a little bit and just brought him home with us. Wow. We do, you know, some somewhat regularly and uh, we love it. Can't get enough of it. But uh, my wife is taking him home today and uh, then we're going to rest because we're exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so do you do you have your own car seat for him or do you get the car? Because that's kind of yeah. one of the measures of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we just take theirs. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 us. Like, yeah, I, there are other grandparents I know, and like they buy car seats for the grandkids and the whole nine yards. They yeah. do that investment. Well, but, we were going to do that, uh, you know, early on uh, after he was born, but then what we found was that, uh, you know, he changed the sizes yeah, and they change. get new yeah, seats. It's a commitment. And, uh, you know, so it's they they go in and out of the cars pretty easy. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, cool. That's. Yeah. And two, you're someone's got to change diapers. Is that oh, grandpa? Yes. Or is you that... know, full disclosure, this is probably going to ruin my yeah, you know, yeah. Your perception with yeah. folks. But uh, <laughs> here's the thing is that we we had two kids of our own who, of course, are all grown now. And I my I don't get a queasy stomach. I, I mean clearly professionally i see a lot of things that probably shouldn't be seen yeah and i just i never get that way but when it came to baby diapers it was just hard for me uh so you know of course i would do it but my wife did most of that right <laughs> but now with the grandson yeah. it's like life is different i look at the entire world differently and so it's like whatever yeah. whatever needs to be done i'm in that's funny yep <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. It's yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Yep. And they're, uh, I mean, they're such a treasure. I, I say this often and that is, is that little kids and pets, you know, yeah. when you see them, they don't care what happened yesterday. They don't care what's happening tomorrow. No. All they care about is what's happening yeah. right now. And as adults, it brings us back to right. Right. And now. I, you know, yeah. I, uh, I, I just find it in, as I age, and you know get into different chapters in life i yeah. i find it interesting how things that i remember people speaking to me about earlier in my life and one of them was you just wait and until you are a grandparent um and then when it actually happened things i do perceive things differently now mm -hmm. and i don't know exactly what it is but um just the way that i look at life mm -hmm. uh, but there's nothing that it's like hey I get down on the floor and play with him, whatever he wants to do, you know, yeah. and not that I neglected my own kids by any measure. They may tell you that I did. But, uh, <laughs> it's like, but, well, but where was that? Dad? It's, just, it's, just, it's, it's just different though now. And in, I, I fully expect that anyone uh, listening that is a grandparent probably would agree with me that it's just, you just look at life differently. You yeah, know, when you do. You, yeah. Well, and that, and that sets up a really good question for you as police chief. And that is, 
do you, I mean, you, you've watched how life and culture and phones and everything has changed the internet and, and all of those things have greatly impacted youth, right? You know, and the impact that the little impact that they had on when your kids were little, when my kids were little, and now that they're adults and now that grandkids, I mean, how, how do you perceive, how is policing in general? I mean, what are your thoughts on how that's changed over the last, you know, since your kids were little and now that you have, yeah. Way to hit me with the big. I know right that is. Off. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. That, all right. That, yeah, well, but, you didn't. You haven't seen my college transcripts, but I did take philosophy in yeah. college, so I can I can talk. To <laughs> you, you can about drill this in stuff. on this. Okay. No. So, Brent, I just think that generationally, you know, I mean, we're in the generation we are. You know, we're in the times that we are. But I can remember being a young person, a young police officer, and hearing. And listening, because I did a lot of listening then, right, um, about how things had changed for the police officers that were my age now then. Right. Um, and I, I firmly believe that, you know, our society, culturally, we're in a constant state of change. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those of us that, you know, are in the later chapters of our life, it seems like, oh, my gosh, what? The good times have gone. Uh, I think it's really critical for us to always take a look at what are the positive things mm. um, and seize those and, and live in that 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 positive energy because they're you know we just talked about my grandson right you know and it's like my wife and I still live in a free society. Uh, we live in a community where you know we we went for walks with mm -hmm. him in the morning and the evening. We're safe. You know, it's like we have a lot of blessings, a lot of things to be thankful for. Now, uh, I know that you make your business, you know, around social media, but I think there's a lot of things that, yeah, if you want to fixate on things, th there's plenty of negatives. But I feel like there probably always has been. Right. You know? I mean, you go back far enough and I think some folks talked about how negative Elvis was. Right. You know, right. You know, yeah. change in music. Have you it's seen like, how what, he moves his what, hips? What is the world yeah, coming right. to? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not I'm not. Uh, downplaying some of the things that uh, I think many of us would agree are yeah. not positive for our youth. Um, I, I sincerely believe that our young people, we were just talking a few moments ago about uh, our recent high school graduates and uh, how challenging, uh, you know, K-12 is now, you know, and, and the things that kids are having to, to deal with socially that maybe I didn't, you know, when, when I was, uh, you know, that age, but, um, I think it's our responsibility to, you know, constantly work at, uh, being mindful of the good things and the positive things and, and spend our energies pursuing those. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good insight, especially in a, in a pretty negative world that you live in, yeah. that you, you know, you've chill. I mean, there's no doubt that policing yeah from a positive standpoint, right. It's difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on that. Uh, Brent is yeah. here's the thing. If, you know, I, I am right at 30 years of service as a police officer. Um, if I would have lost the ability to stay in the positive lane mm -hmm. and seek out the goodness. And all I chose to do was fixate on 
the horrible things that human beings can do and do to each other, the negative things about uh, maybe the negative uh, outcomes of some legislative decisions, um, you know, uh, that impact our communities. If I, if I fixated on that, I would have long ago lost my usefulness to this community. Mm. Um, you know, our, our police officers and myself included, it is absolutely imperative that we hang on to the faith that uh, what we're doing is impacting people uh-huh. and our community in a positive way. Yeah, and I've, I've seen to. people, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen very, very good police officers um, or public servants in other fields um, that have lost that. Uh-huh. And it doesn't mean that they're, you know, less of a person. It's just that sometimes um, that, that, that road wear, if you will, you know, the, uh-huh. the day to day, you know, it, it just gets to people after uh-huh. a while. And I, and I don't know if I've told, uh, you both this, but I, I have told plenty of people that, um, I'm in touch with that with myself. And uh-huh. if I get to that point, then I will be the first to say that it's like, okay, it's time for somebody else to, uh, to, to take the lead here because I, I, I wouldn't subject our community to that kind of negativity. My, my son-in-law, Kyle Whitty, is yeah. a, a deputy, you know, and, and we went down for his graduation from the academy. Right. In the, in the academy, where's that? Is it, I want That's in Salem. It's yep. in Salem, yep. just, and just outside of Salem. and it serves police, sheriff, HP. I mean, all of the all of the agencies. Send, yeah, they all send their uh, candidates to that yep. school, and so and at the you know at the address, the one the guy who addressed. I mean, it was just he he was very poignant. But one of the things that he said, and and you know, we had just watched all of those graduates receive different right. honors and orders and 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 it's funny because uh kyle witty and justin hernandez are like number two and three or maybe one and, and two, one and two one and two of the they won the physical fitness award yeah for all of the time that the i mean their record anyhow so right. you know you they spent a lot of time talking about self defense and this whole yeah. week or this whole what is it six weeks 16 weeks is the ba- four six, months the yeah an incredible amount of time right you know defending yourself trying to stay alive in the job all right. of, anyhow this this culminating this this uh, guy who was talking he said just keep in mind that uh you know if your life is a book there are good days and bad days. And just because you might arrest somebody or interact with someone on a particular bad day of their life, doesn't mean that that represents the rest of their book. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And um, so true. One of the things that I share, you know, with my staff um, at varying times is it's really important as police officers for us to remember that what we're doing and what you represent as a police officer is much greater or much more important than ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that has been true for a very long time and it remains just as true today as it ever has. And it's, it, to me, that is critical um, not only for our community, but our nation. Uh, If you think about, our nation is very different than, um, you know, anywhere else around the, the world. 
because um, I'm a member of this community. Mm -hmm. uh, I raised my family here. I went to school here. I care about this community. I care about the people here. Uh, I hold a position or my role, I work for the community, but I represent law and authority. But I haven't forgotten that I'm part of this community. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to know that what we're doing is, is it's, it's not about Gary. Mm -hmm. You know, this is about upholding the law and keeping our community safe so that we can all enjoy and benefit from the things that, you know, raising our family here, recreating here, going to the universe, whatever we do. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's just perspective, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's important to hang on to that. You can lose it if you get too close because there are those days, right? right. There's a call for service or maybe a, a task that, that you have to be involved in that it's just crushing. And, uh, but we work harder than ever before. We re we realize things in this industry that we didn't when I first started in this line of work. And that is how can we better take care of the people behind the badge? Mm -hmm. How can we better take care of them so that they can take care of the community? Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a period of time where it's like, a, you know, just, uh, we had this harder outer shell and mm -hmm. you bottle all that up. Um, but you know, we've created peer support programs and, uh, you know, have a lot of well employee wellness, police officer wellness uh, things that we work at in order to make sure that they can see through those difficult days mm -hmm. and uh, and and see that what they're doing um, and what they have to offer. Uh, you know, it, you don't have to get mired down in that. Yeah. Um, I so that kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you today is and and it kind of ties into that. Like right now, there's this huge movement on social media of of what's called auditing you've heard of it i'm yeah, sure yeah, right first yeah. second first, amendment first, audits fourth first, amendment first audits amendment first audit. amendment yeah. audits mm -hmm. um uh my my take on it is i think that a lot of times it goes too far but but what what's the answer to it like like is that the public's job to audit police i mean is it yeah uh that there's multiple prongs to the to the answer uh but here's the thing is the police and like I was commenting about in America, it's like, look, we're, we're not these, it's not like a military force. It's like, we need to ensure that there's transparency so that the public has that trust. Uh, we, everything that we do, and let me speak just locally, the things that the LeGrand Police Department does, the way we do our job, the body of policies that we have that, that directs the way that we do the job, it's all designed so that we can uh, earn and maintain that community trust that is necessary to create legitimacy. And so, look, the, the, the concept is that the people in this community empower us to do the job, mm -hmm. to provide the law enforcement, enforce the rules of our community uh, so that we can all benefit from that. If we engage in things with some degree of frequency where we start to lose that trust, we have lost our legitimacy and everything that we do is going to be made a whole lot more difficult. Now, these people that, um, you know, 
and we've seen some folks here. I, I was going to ask you we, that. We have, have we seen, had it like we have somebody going some, to a library with a camera? Yeah, and then, Yeah, we have know. seen some people here, but these individuals that choose to travel around the United States yeah. and, and conduct really under the foundational platform of social media, yep, YouTube, 100%. Um, TikTok, these First Amendment them. audits, it's like, it's not per se illegal, but is it constructive? Right. Because what, what I would say is we all possess, it's like exercise your constitutional rights. That's part of what we, you know, all of our police officers have sworn an oath to that. Yeah, right. to protect the, the number one thing. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. But we also really all owe it to each other in order to have a well-functioning society and a healthy culture to be good citizens. Mm -hmm. 100%. Are we being good citizens? Are right. we doing something constructive for our community and our citizen, uh, our, our nation? Or are we actually doing something that is rather selfish because I want to do it that is to the detriment of, of right. our society or our community. And some of these individuals, albeit it may be within the legal confines of their constitutional rights to do, you know, these police officers are engaged in real life work that right. they need to be doing. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's and the thing, their time with I will be the first camera. to say, and I, I, it is, I will champion our police officers, not just here, but nationwide. It's like, it's not an easy job. Mm -hmm. And for people in communities or to travel around and make that job more difficult for them, or maybe push them to a place where you're hoping that they fail, that's, come on. Yeah. And you sometimes know, it ends end? up, it, sometimes it ends up really good. Like yeah. you watch the video and the police officer learns something, the person auditing learns something, everybody learns something. But a lot of times what it ends up is, is the, the officer, you know, like says, okay, well, you can't record in here. Well, it's my constitutionally protected right to record right. inside the post office. It is. Right. I mean, yep. it's, it, they, right. they have postmaster has that list and it's rule number seven. You know, I've seen the videos, Yeah. but then the guy, the guys will just start badgering the police. It's like, yeah. dude, you, you like, it doesn't, you don't have to do that. Like, right. It, it, yeah, it, right. It, it's and ridiculous. That, and, and for those people that you don't follow social media, you might not understand. There's, there's a group of people that a Kyle talked about and, and their their whole job, I mean, their identity is in recording and challenging the police and their authority with the constitution. Yeah. With the constitution, yeah, yeah. Right. and it's always constitution based. Yeah. So, so you know, something that I think is important, you know, I want to share with you guys and viewers. Um, you know, we provide training to our Legrand police officers. We have a policy that speaks to this. Um, here's the deal: you can record us. I mean. There's, there's no law that says there are privacy laws, okay, but if you're out on a public way, uh, you can record cars going by. It's no different than if you guys, during the course right. of your, your work, you want to go out and record an event in the community. Uh, you know, if an if a individual chooses to, uh, you know, they see a police officer on a traffic stop. This is kind of the way a lot of these start, right? Or a police officer in the community in contact with someone. Yep. That's um, yep, perfectly legal for someone to pull out their phone and start recording that. The challenge is if that police officer is on that traffic stop or engaged in some type of work and investigation 
if that if an individual starts putting themselves in that space where the police officer may feel threatened or they're interfering with the police officer's ability to actually efficiently or safely do the job, then that's where it becomes conflict. Yeah. Um, but we're, we have no interest like, hey, record us if you yeah, want to. We, we're not here. And, and it, for us and, and the LeGrand Police Department, it all goes back to foundational values. Uh -huh. um, we, are, we don't have anything. We're not doing Nothing anything that hide. we have to hide. You know, um, and quite frankly, um, I have lots of reason to take pride in the work that my staff does because they, you know what I would like? It goes back to what we talked about earlier in that community trust, which builds legitimacy within our community. I know that if our community members saw the work that the police officers were doing, listened to them talk to the people that they talk with on a day-to-day -day basis, they would only be more supportive uh -huh. of, of what the officers are doing. Yeah, and they, they would quite frankly the probably be absolutely shocked <laughs> in, in lots of cases in, uh, with what the officers have to actually deal with day in and day out. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, when you see, when we see, and we, you know, they make the news, the videos where police have to show force in some manner, yeah. that makes the news. And you, and if I were, you know, if I were driving down the street and I saw a police officer being rough with someone, it would get my attention. But the context is, and what most people right. do not believe, it, do, they don't understand, right. is, is that if when a, when a police officer pulls someone over or they have an interaction with someone, if that person, if they hold their hands suspiciously, if they don't show their hands, if they're not compliant in some manner, then every one of those things is a step in escalation. Right. And it and it then eventually can lead to like, okay, well, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. And the hard way is forceful. It's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. But it it doesn't all of the incidences that we see, some of them tragic, where somebody dies or somebody all of those things. Most all of those things started because somebody wasn't compliant right. at the very beginning. Yeah. At the end of the day, Brent, I mean, whether it's in homes, whether it's in our schools or whether it's out in the great open airs of our communities, you know, we have rules, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in our community, in our nation, those rules take form of laws. Um, and, you know, that's what our police officers are, are there for, honestly, in order to make sure that as citizens and within our community that we, we all follow an agreed upon body of rules, laws, so that we can all enjoy. Because if we didn't have that, we would have chaos, anarchy right. and chaos. Um, when police officers are in contact with people or respond to calls for service, the, the truth is it's such a low frequency of the time right. when a police officer actually has to arrest someone, take physical custody. of It just doesn't have, I mean, we do it, but if you look at that in comparison to how many times police officers just go communicate with people, seek other solutions to maybe whatever the problem is, de-escalate uh, situations. Uh, you know, we've talked about mental health, you know, and, and that crisis that we're mm -hmm. experiencing nationwide. But our police officers are very good at just communicating with people and trying to seek solutions and de-escalate things before we have to take people to jail. 
Right. But if that's the, what we have to do, then um, sometimes, again, very infrequently, it results in physical force having to be used. But you're absolutely correct, Brent, that we live in a society now where I, sometimes I call it clickbait, um, but people want to see the, the snippets of bad things. You know, whether it's like, look, we have reality television, you know, about <laughs> it's drama, you know, and that that's what gets people's attention and right. satiates that appetite for, you know, because a lot of times life, even what police officers are do, doing day in and day out, it's rather mundane. Right. It's not that exciting to watch. Interesting, maybe. But the, the key is what is not within the camera's angle? You know, what happened before the right. camera or the record exactly. button was pushed? Uh, all you're seeing maybe is what the recorder or what the poster, the person that is uploading that, yeah. that data, you're getting what they want you to see. And right. maybe they're, what I see oftentimes is there is a motive to tell a specific story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's either, it's, missing context. it's either political yeah. or they're trying to get views yeah. one or right. the other. Yeah. Right. And then the, the truth the is we have a really, really solid system that is constantly, um, reevaluating itself in terms of our justice system. Um, and the, the entire context of that contact, that stop, that arrest, whatever that may be, is going to end up in a court of law. And every, yeah. all the minutia surrounding that is going to be analyzed. Hmm. Um, and, and the trouble is with where we are at with the, you know, technology and, and social media as a platform, oftentimes the court of public opinion weighs in on things and they don't even have all the evidence or all the facts. Right. Uh, and, and that's, it, it's a disservice uh, and, and ends up being a disservice many times to, to, our, and then the truth is some people, and I, I mean, you, it's your guys's line of work, but it can be challenging in the mediums that we have available to us now. And I think about our youth, it's like, you know, they go to go online, go to Google, whatever that may be to find their facts. Right. Oh, 100%. Well, well, it can be challenging these days to determine it's like, is that a fact? Right. It's real or not. Absolutely. Is that real? Yeah. You know? right. 100%. And so so we it's like people are, I think, sometimes end up being uh, subjected to the information that they believe that they have at their disposal is all of the information. Right. And what I you know, my uh, professional work, at least specific to what I do, I what I find oftentimes is that's not the whole story. When right. You, I think we put a little bit of an unfair societal, like I, I don't want to call it an expectation, but label maybe on police where and Brent kind of kind of uh, touched on it and kind of reiterated it, like where he was talking about Kyle and you know being the toughest and the strongest. Right or who's the best shooter. Yeah. It should be who's the best de-escalator, who's the best right. communicator. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that might be for you guys on yeah. the inside, but out here, people are like, oh, I want to know what kind of gun you got. You know what I mean? Right. No, I, I want to know how well you de-escalate a situation because right. that's way more important than what kind of gun you have. Right, yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll share with you that when we're hiring people, when we're hiring police officers, you know, the the truth is one of the selection we it it's a very arduous selection process but guess what one of the components is not can you shoot a gun or how well do you shoot a gun or you know i mean we have these minimum things that people have to do but um 
you know, we, we don't have a gun in a police officer's hands be, until they're already hired. Right. right now they have to meet minimum proficiencies and we want to ensure that they're, they're well-trained and proficient in those things, just like a lot of other things, driving, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but, but you know, what is most important to me when we're looking for police officers, that's their core values, mm -hmm. you know, integrity and honesty, the way they treat other people. Um, I'm not interested in ego, you know, right. because all of those things are the things that will contribute to the negativity and right? to escalate that, that first amendment yeah. auditor that approaches someone, you know, on a traffic stop, if, if they approach a police officer that inside they're doing what they're doing for the right reasons and their, their foundational values are in keeping with the foundational values that we subscribe to at the police department. I, I don't, I mean, and you know, uh, it's not an ego thing, you know, uh, because every, you've, I've seen it, you know, you see a police officer where they're challenged and they can't back down or, you know, and it's like, oh, this is not going well. Um, but so to me, selecting people for, for those character traits, those character uh, components, the rest of it, we can teach them. Well, and that's probably Makes measured, sense. you said 30 years. Yep. And you probably know the number of times that you've had to draw your weapon in some kind of a situation. Well, I don't. And, it, I don't have a notch on my belt right, or anything but, like but, that. But, but I'm aware. But, but the yeah. point. The point is, is in 30 years, it's so few. Right. The percentage of interactions that you've had to have with people out there compared yeah. to the times that it, it was a threatening situation, right. it's minuscule. And yeah, the, it's very small. And uh, what I can share with you is that. Uh, it's nothing like the movies, yeah. you know? I mean, when I, I was young, I was 21 years old when I became a police officer. Um, I was fortunate to, to have instilled in myself a lot of those core values that I, I speak about. Um, but I, I was pretty naive, uh -huh. you know, in terms of what the world, you know, uh, had to hold for, for us. Uh -huh. um, but you know, being a police officer is nothing like, you know, some of the most entertaining Hollywood pieces. <laughs> uh, and, and the reality is that circumstances where uh, I've had to display a firearm, um, it's not enjoyable, honestly. I mean, they're high stress. Um, yeah. Uncertain. Uh, it means that essentially we have uh, police officers like to stay in that realm where we're controlling chaos or trying to regain control of maybe a situation that is out of control. And, uh, you know, when you're displaying a firearm, it's like, you're not entirely sure which direction this is going to go. Right. Uh, you certainly are hopeful and you're employing, you know, all the methods and tactics, uh, that you, you know, have, you know, trained and worked towards to, to try to, you know, bring something to a peaceful resolution but it doesn't always go that way. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not anything that any of us are looking for. I mean, that's, it's not, it's not a good day. Yeah. Well, that's like the last thing you're probably. Yeah, doing. exactly. Well, let's switch gears a little bit yeah. back to the grandkid. Sure. And, and I, I'm sorry, this is a, you know, the, the thing that we all know that has changed is with the phone, with internet, so on and so forth uh, is that, I mean, it used to be that, the bad guys that we worried about had to have proximity. Yeah. They had to be in your neighborhood. Yeah. You, you know, you guarded your kids about getting in a car with someone or going home with someone that you don't know or, you know, whatever the case might be. Right. 
And that has changed with this portal that these devices have into the lives of our kids. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's shocking. I mean, I, I know that there are 12 year olds and 11 year olds and 10, there are elementary age kids that are victims of yeah. this type of crime in our own community. Right. And, and so I would say, what would you, what would you tell, what would you tell your kids from the perspective that you have, how, you know, what should they do at what point? What would you tell them about giving a young kid a cell phone and when, yeah. and what are the things they should do? Yeah. So, you know, here, here's the truth is there are evil people in our world. Um, and there are people out there. Um, and I firmly believe there always will be that want to hurt other people. Um, and to be naive or to think that that doesn't exist is just not doing yourself or your family or your kids any favors. Um, you're absolutely right with phones, the internet that has changed, you know, like when I talked earlier, you know, when I was a kid, there was, there was none of that. Right. right? I mean, I was a police officer for when people started talking about email, it's like, <laughs> well, pff, no, I'll never need an email account. Yeah. Now it drives my day a lot yeah. of times, you know? <laughs> Here's the thing, parents need to parent, okay? And I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I might sound like I'm being very pointed, um, but it's true, all right? I see it time and again. If parents don't do their, they don't handle their responsibilities, then kids are just gonna, they're gonna push the limits. They do what kids do. They, they do. And, yeah. and so part of that is, that is a parental decision. And when do you think you're, cause I, I get it, you know, it's like, you know, whether it's a after school or a practice, it's a, you think about the positivity that comes from a communication device where, so convenient. where you can, so like, convenient. you can even, you know, I advocate that it's like track your kid's phone. You can see where right. they're at. Um, there's apps that you can use so that you can control what they can see, what they can't see. Don't, if parents, if you're concerned or you're, your child um, gives pushback because you're in their business and that you're not providing them privacy. It's because you love them. All right. Yeah, all right. You don't um, get privacy you know, when you're 12. Uh, Sorry. And and that's just the, the parental responsibility that we have for our kids. And when we, we care for them and we love them, sometimes that comes at the expense of the child pushing back or feeling like you're just mean. Right. But the reality is it's because you care. Right. And I felt that when I was a, a, a young person, a young teen, you know, it's like, you know, your parents, like, where are you staying the night? Who's there? Those, all these questions. Right. But, but Don't then, you, trust you know, me? you, you, <laughs> but that leads to success. Right. And then as a young, you get a little bit more age, a young adult, you realize that your parents were doing that because they cared. And yeah, because yeah, now you realize the dangers that maybe they, because of those rules that um, they, they helped you avoid those potential problems mm -hmm. uh, or you being hurt or harmed. Um, and the same thing applies with the cell phone or the internet. And what I'm, what I'm saying is parents just need to be engaged, mm -hmm. know what your kids are looking at, 
have rules about, you know, I, I don't, I personally don't think a kid should be going to bed with their phone. Well, and that's, you know, uh, and that, there should that's be hours a lot. On that's that. when a lot of kids get in trouble. should be a basket right by the door when you walk in the house. And that seems so and... narrow and old fashioned, but you can't, but it's, you can't, I don't know how you would control your kids' access if yeah. they hadn't. I mean, yeah. and that's, that seriously is how, yeah. no, I'm serious. I'm, I, 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 to, I agree and understand, but the situations that I know of, of where elementary kids are connecting with some stranger on the other side of the country is, it's because they had access to their phone in the middle of the night. Yeah. And some of the most popular well, apps. That's parenting that, too. Yeah. yeah. Some, some of the most popular apps that, um, you know, there's, there's a fair number of people that think they're rather benign. Um, no harm. People enjoy them. Uh, the, the reality is some of those can be very dangerous. Yeah. All and, of them. I think I, all of them. I think even Facebook's dangerous. There's, sure. there's, uh, there's plenty of information, parents. I, I just think that it behooves parents to educate themselves. Uh, just here within the last, gosh, my time gets away from it was me like sometimes. A month ago. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. We CHD yeah. hosted a, 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 a speaker to come up to the high school, and my understanding is that there's efforts to try to bring something like that back a lot quicker. I would encourage people to go because you have someone who's honestly a subject matter expert and can share information mm -hmm. uh, with parents, but... There's there's plenty of resources out there for folks to to consume and, and educate themselves. But um, I'm certainly am not. It's not my uh, it's not my style to tell people how to parent their kids. Um, I I just know some things that work, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not suggesting that that's the right recipe for everybody. But the most important thing I believe is hands off parenting. I don't see as being super effective. Yeah. I think you need to be engaged yeah. uh, and the kids need it. Um, and Agreed. they, they most certainly probably at times don't want it. Okay. <laughs> but, but they need it, you know, and uh, you know, it's uh, the other piece too, is it's like, I don't, I think that it's, look, it's, it's technology. It's where we are today. Uh, I know that my kids uh, at a younger, young age could help me get things programmed in my cell phone that I struggled with. Uh, but that's where we're at. But mm -hmm. here's the other thing is that, you know, if all we do and our kids are constantly just in the phone, there's a lot of life and a lot that's going on mm -hmm. uh, that they're missing out on. And and I, I, I firmly believe that to be a well-rounded individual, uh, have meaningful and positive human relationships I think it's key to get outside of that phone and outside of the internet uh, for, for a good period of one's time. I'm not suggesting that there's not value. And I FaceTime with my, my grandson, of course, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what a, what a cool thing that we didn't have, you right. know, before. Right. But, uh, it's but like, you know, you get outside. I, I, but I also took my grandson this past weekend fishing Yeah. and you know what you get out there and he was looking at worms and playing. And I mean, that's stuff that's been going on since the beginning, and we need to make sure that we keep doing Why did that. they have to make something that's so effective and so positive so negative? Yeah. yeah. And I almost look at it like, you know how they had that conspiracy where WWW equals 666? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it, sometimes I think I'm, I'm like, man. But, it, you, it, but when you think about it, all of life is that way in some manner or not. You know, I mean, you can take something that's really enjoyable and take it to the extreme and Let it's me. not healthy for you. Yeah. And, and it, so, I mean, it, 
I mean, we're just experiencing a different thing now than what we did, you know. Right. So in it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I'm with you, you know. There's uh, just so many good things that come out of the internet, but then there's like so yeah. many bad things too. Right. Like self-image problems for kids. Exactly. Oh, it's terrible. Well, and mental I, health stuff because th th there's this portrayed image of what people should look like and then they don't look like that and then all of yeah. a sudden they're like, oh. Yeah, if I can add, I, I was just going to say, yeah. you, you said something that kind of pulls at one of my heartstrings and that is uh, suicide in general, yeah. but uh, particularly youth suicide. Oh, it's terrible. And so... The, the thing that social, one of the, the things that I feel like is a bane with social media is by and large, it's not real. And, and kids see things on social media that they, what they're seeing is only what the poster wants them to see. So it's the best of everything. And I feel like a lot of times our youth then feel like they just don't measure up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. Yeah. It's just not true. I mean, it's, the re the reality is we're we're all very similar. We all have problems. None of us are perfect, and those pictures that oftentimes are edited or manipulated in ways to show how perfect someone is or their life is, yeah. we have youth that then feel like they just don't measure up. It's just right? like porn. I hate to say it like that, but it is. It's not yeah, real. It's I mean, not real. it's not reality. Like, it really isn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was there was a sixty minutes this last. Sunday about and it because because there's a group of people that are suing social media. I mean, they're suing all Snapchat. I mean, there's it's a class action lawsuit and they're suing all that. And they had a and they had and I, I, I hear that all the time. It's like kids, they on social media. I mean, it's such it's so old that I've heard it so often. But this they did a really good job of a story of a of a kid who uh the parents wouldn't they wouldn't let her have her phone at night they she would leave it in the basket well she would wait until after they were asleep and she'd go get it and take it to her bedroom and she got on social media instagram and found pictures of kids that were anorexic and pretty soon she decided that well i want to look that skinny yeah and and, and i mean and that led to you know thankfully she she has come out of that and so on and so forth but still yeah i mean Kids miss the critical judgment to be able to say that's not real right. or that's not healthy or that's well. Not and kids thing. like my kids' age, all they know is, you yeah, but they've never not had it. Like yeah. my generation, we didn't have the internet until I was like eighteen. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I had a whole childhood, and right. then we had internet. That we're we're like that right in between. You know, we we were. But my kids' generation, that's all they know. They, yeah. they, they don't know anything else. They, they don't know having to go outside. My son was telling me the other day, we, we were having this conversation, right? We're talking about, he, he broke up with his girlfriend and he's talking to this new girl. And I was like, well, have, they go to the same exact school. Yeah. They've never spoken face to face. Oh my goodness. They've never spoken face to face. They've only talked on Instagram and Snapchat. <laughs> they go to the same high school. That's funny. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. I'm like, well, have you like hung out with her? He's like, no. And I was like, well, like, have you sat with her at lunch or anything? He's like, no, all I've done is just message her on Instagram. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I tell you, I had, I, I had a redeeming comment from one of my daughters the other day. And she said, uh, she's, because one of my things, I mean, I tried to help my kids understand 
why the decisions were happening the way they were happening, whatever the restriction might be or whatever the conversation was. But at some point, I would end the conversation sometimes by saying, because I'm the parent and you're the child. Oh, I heard that all the time. Yeah, because I'm the <laughs> parent and you're the child. Mind. Yeah, and, and, and it was so funny because one, one of my daughters says, like, Dad, I hated it when you said that, but man, it's so true. I mean, so true. when you're trying to explain, you know, I mean, when you're trying matter. to explain to a three-year-old why they shouldn't run out in the street, it's yeah. like, no, I'm either going to make this thing. I mean, you, yeah. I'm either going to make it. I mean, there is, you cannot explain right. in a rational manner to someone who doesn't have the judgment right. to make those decisions. Yeah. yeah. I hated it when my mom said that too, but not, yeah, but hundred percent right. But right. the, yeah. but the reality is, is there's, there's a, there's a lot of parents. There are parents out there that they don't believe that they don't think that because I'm the parent and you're the child that there's a separation. I mean, they really want to be more friends. I want to be friends. And it drives me crazy and, uh, on social media yeah. when I see a mom or a dad say, "Yo, oh, it's me and my best friend. Like, no, it's you How and your that? kid. How does that work? Yeah, it's, that's not your best friend. That's your kid. There's <laughs> yeah. a big difference. Yeah, yeah. That so, drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can see, you know. As I adults, mean, maybe. Yeah, right, but not that, like a 12-year-old. Like, right. your 12-year-old's not your best friend. You're not telling your 12-year-old about, what you did, you know, like you, the right. stuff that you would tell your best friend. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think there's a time. I'm sorry. We no. stopped interviewing. I like it. You know, I, I think there's a time for all those, those types of relationships. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But I, I mean, one of, you know, one of the things I think parents need to embrace is that your role is to mentor, you know, right. uh, especially teenagers, you know, um, uh, but but you still have that that responsibility to to be sure that you show them the right way. Yep. All righty. Well, Gary, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, we always yeah, appreciate yeah. always always such a good conversation. And we're still yeah. going to take you up on the little tour yeah. thing one of these days. Yeah, so let's yep. do it. Come up and see the uh, the communication nine one one. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. That would be cool. Uh, hey, I I got a got proposal for you. We have two very long-time dispatchers retiring in July. Yeah. Okay. I could give you a tour that could last for 20 to 25 years application. No. I, got, I got an application I, right out in the car. I'm not good. I, I wouldn't be good at that. <laughs> I, I, I don't handle, like, high-stress situations very well. No, I get, but. I, I have anxiety, so, like, when, like, like, I can never be a police officer. I get, like, too, like, yeah. personally invested in, yeah, you know so, I mean? There's like, a lot of people that forget, uh because those 911 dispatchers are behind the scenes, you know, yeah, they're, I mean, they're not a, out they in the public really side, but, but yeah. those, those <laughs> folks are incredible at what they do. They have yeah. a really hard job. Yeah, they really do. hard uh, job. Very I think rewarding. It'd be a hilarious skit. You as a 911 operator. I couldn't operator. do it. You'd be, <laughs> I would freak you'd, out. You'd be like, listen, you'd be like, what'd you do, you idiot? <laughs> you I did freak what? Out. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would yeah somebody's well. on their way. They're yeah. coming to save your rear end. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, it wouldn't work well. well <laughs> my my best friend, he's a he's a paramedic, life light, and and uh, the day they had that, so I my family we came back to the Grand the day that they had that wreck, the bus with uh -oh. the tourists, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he worked Island City at the time, mm -hmm. uh, and he was one of the first people out there. Right. And then we had dinner that night at the Mexican restaurant, and I'm like, dude, like I'm like why are you acting so normal? And he's like, it's my job. I'm yeah. like, 
there's no way. Like, yeah. I, I, I was even shooken up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. He was more composed than I was. Yep. It's, it's crazy, man. It is crazy how people can just compartmentalize things and just kind of. Yeah. Thank goodness we have folks that do it, though. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, yeah. We, well, and give us. We'd love a chance to honor them. Let's, I mean, yeah. if we can figure out a way of yeah. interviewing them, or, yeah, we'd, on, yeah, we'd, we'd love a chance. Wait, to you have two retiring? Yeah, I know. So what are you going to do? And they're, all, and they're both 20 plus years? You, you see, you're starting to, you're trying to create anxiety in me. Wait, they're both 20 plus years? Oh, yes. So yeah. that's a lot of experience. You yes, better, you better, they're, but they're both incredible people oh, wow. and, uh, you know, it's, obviously it's they're a, really good at their job or they wouldn't have lasted that long. Yes. But, you know, it's always, uh, I'm, torn emotionally because on the one hand i couldn't be happier for them they deserve it you on know? the other hand you're like on no, the other stay. hand it's like Please. i want you here until you're 90 <laughs> yeah come on you're just joking you right? can't leave till i leave <laughs> exactly but um yeah so we actually have uh, a, a number of retirements coming this year and so it's all Officers positive too um i i don't have Officers, any yeah our force is pretty young uh, we still have a few senior folks up there, some tenured really? folks, uh, but we're not going to talk about it because I, I always, it's that Beetlejuice effect. If you say it three times, it yeah, likely yeah. will happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah. so we won't talk about that anymore, but uh, uh, our administrative assistant, uh, Carla Greeno, is planning on retiring uh, in November. I keep trying to talk her out of it, but she's pretty convinced. So that's, that's another yeah. big, important yep. job. Yep, 20 plus years, you know, so wow. it's just... Uh, it's hard to replace those folks. Yeah. Yep. Especially in a small town too. Yep. Where... But huh. yeah. All right. Do you want to get us out here? Let's do it. We'll get us out of here real quick. All right. On this day, 1844, the Young Men's Christian Association was formed by George Williams in London. You know what that is? YMCA. Yep. Yep. Your favorite song. <laughs> 1914 on this day, the first air flight out of sight of land. The very first time. An airplane flew really out of sight of land. Uh, happened from Scotland to Norway in 1914 on this day. Huh. Wow. That's crazy. It's only been 100 years. You know what I mean? A right. little over 100 right. years. Yeah. 1925 on this day, Walter Chrysler founds automobile manufacturer Chrysler Corporation. 1946 on this day, Henry Morgan is the first person to take their shirt off on TV. 46? Oh, 1946. Wow. First person to take their shirt off on TV. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 1968, on this day, Robert F. Kennedy uh, died from his wounds after he was shot the night before. And then there was nothing really important after that, really. Um, the number one song in America on this day in 1983 is Flash Dance by Irene Cara. Maniac, maniac, is that it? Oh, no. no. Oh, what a feeling. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, what okay. a feeling. You're right. Right. Yep. And then the quote for the day, Ronald Reagan, the greatest leader is not necessarily the one who does the greatest things. He is the one that gets the people to do the greatest things. One more time. The greatest leader is not necessarily the one who does the greatest things. He's the one that gets the people to do the greatest things. Ronald Reagan. Good stuff. That's all we got. All right. Thank you, Eastern Oregon. Uh, Thursday, Justin Rock will be with us right here in the studio. See you Thursday. All right. Talk soon.